The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to episode number 105 of the LSR Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry. With me, I have Dustin Galker. I have Adam Candy. You can follow them on the Twitter Twitter machine, and you should. It is free at, at, at Adam Candy, two E's, no Y, at Dustin Galker. If you want to follow me because you hate yourself, at Matt Brown. M2. We're going to talk about Canada. We are going to talk about Illinois. We're going to see what's going on in Tennessee, even Wyoming as well. And of course, just the brief state updates. We're kind of a rapid pod for you guys this week. But Dustin, let's kick things off here with California. Yeah, you could say, oh, we're excited about California. We're not excited about California. What's going to happen <laughs> is in 2022, we're going to have uh going to be on the ballot sports betting at retail sports books only no online sports betting happened via tribal casinos uh, this is the initiative that the, the tribes that uh, run gaming in the state have have been trying for for a while they got enough signatures uh so they are this is coming uh, you have at least we'll be able to vote on sports betting the problem here is this is not going to include online sports betting in any way uh the tribes say they want to at least wait at least five years to have online sports betting uh, in California. I'm not sure exactly why, why we need to wait, but that's, that's the, that's kind of the timeline right now. So not great news for California, other than you could, if you're near a tribal casino and you want to place, place some bets, uh, the, I'd say the tribes are probably going to dump a lot of money into this proposal to get it passed. So you may have some sort of, of sports betting in California and not distant future, but, def, but not quite yet for online sports betting. Adam, always hilarious when there's this like, oh, no, 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 we're not totally against online. It's just got to be down the road because of we want five years for whatever reason. I have no idea why we came up with this arbitrarily, but five years is, is when we're going to, you know, at least when we'll start to really consider doing the online thing. I mean, again, we know about this, this, this really, really archaic line of thinking that if you let people do something online, that it will keep them out of your casinos. You and I live here in Nevada. You, we've seen this for time, you know, however long now the casinos are full. It, it, they're, they're full all over the place. It doesn't matter, but uh, you know, I, I guess something is better than nothing. It is. And I think when you look at California and specifically at tribal gaming, you have to think about, the fact that commercial casinos have ways to diversify their income that tribal casinos don't. And I think they are very, very cautious about adding something, an amenity that really, in the end, is not a high margin amenity and potentially risking things that they see as, you know, not only as better margins, but as vital to their business. So do I do I agree with it? No, I, I don't. I think we have plenty of evidence that cannibalization is an idea that while it might make sense in the brain somewhere has not proven out to be anything that's true in reality. Um, 
are tribes more cautious because they have fewer revenue streams with which to support their communities? Because in the end, when we talk about tribal sports betting, we are talking about communities that are benefiting directly from the gaming enterprise as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, commercial enterprises that are either benefiting the bottom line or benefiting stockholders. I don't believe the California needs to wait nearly that long. Uh, but the tribes do have political power in the state that killed off any attempt being made last year to do mobile sports betting via the legislature, via a constitutional amendment. And so, you know, in California, I think the case is definitely take what you can get. And Dustin, I mean, look, we, you know, a, a lot of you, know, one of the things with like DraftKings and FanDuel and points bet and stuff like that. I mean, they don't own the casinos. They're, they're just, you know, licensees and things like that. So they're not actually getting any of the revenue from people coming in and walking through the door and, and betting on blackjack or roulette or whatever it might be. But you do have your MGMs and pens of the world that do own the casinos that these um, these are located in. And, you know, at least so far as I've seen, there's no try to there isn't any like cross sell through the apps of trying to get people through the door like that. You know, that's one of the things I think that is maybe a little bit telling here that there maybe isn't this gigantic correlation between, OK, if we have something available with an app that it's going to keep people from walking in the casinos because there's no I don't get any push notifications here. I haven't seen anything from any of the other places from an MGM app saying here, you know, bet, you know, bet live over the counter and get this or, you know, come in and you can do the, you know, your first, first beer is free or whatever it might be. So, you know, some kind of stuff like that. Uh, I haven't seen any of that either, you know? So uh, again, I, this whole thing of, of, of if you don't have people walk through the door that it's that it's business that you're kind of taking away from yourself. I think that the online business really is. It's just it's added business, right? It's not anything that a person who wants to make a sports bet might do it if they have the luxury of doing it from an app, but might not put on pants and go and actually physically do it because they want to place a five dollar sports. Yeah, bet. And you have to look no further than the the big companies that are doing this, right? They're, that are pushing for online. Yeah, I mean, MGM is not stupid, right? They're not uh, going to start putting people online just to cannibalize their own own uh, land-based business. So it's it's additive revenue. Sometimes, you know, obviously MGM is, is operating in places where it doesn't have a casino, but, you know, same, you know, it's, uh, you know, it is the biggest casino in Atlantic City, for example, with the Borgata, and it does, you know, it's poured lots of money into online casino. It's not because they just want to cannibalize the, what's going and that's not what's happening either. So, I mean, I, I do get it with the tribes though. We've been, we've been, they're distrustful of, of letting, of sharing it with anybody else. And I, I totally agree with them on that. If I were them, I wouldn't want to share it with the card rooms or the tracks or the other people who want a piece of, of online sports betting as well. And, uh, you know, they're doing it on their terms. This is kind of how it had to be in California. If we were going to see, see progress, uh, we saw, uh, online, but you and I know all too well. Online poker has been around for more than a decade. They don't even talk about it anymore because they just couldn't agree on it. This, uh, this at least, you know, retail sports betting is a first step toward California having legal online sports betting sometime, getting comfortable with it, you know, establishing, you know, the, the baseline. And yeah, but it's, yeah, it is not cannibalizing the land based revenue if they, they, uh, they open it up. I mean, what there are, there will be losers and winners and losers in California yeah. if and when, you know, tribes partner with sports books because, yeah, you only have, the, the certain number of, of sports books that are going to be able to provide meaningful revenue back under a license in, in that. So long way to go here. Uh, but I, I, you know, I, I, ca- I, I kind of started with a damper, but it is good news that we're actually moving forward with California. I think, I, I think this starts us on a path where we have online sports betting someday, even if it's not real soon. And Adam, the people here in 
Las Vegas, Nevada in general probably are pretty excited actually about the news that there won't be mobile sports betting for, you know, at least the foreseeable future over in California from what we see right now anyway, because again, while we have, we have all theorized here that it's not going to do that much damage to Nevada. There is still, when it comes to Las Vegas, the novelty of coming over here and having the strip and all the restaurants and all the various other things that you can do and all that. But it would be naive, I think, to say that if, if, if if there were, you know, a very easy way to sports bet that it would at least have some effect, you know, on on Nevada and on Las Vegas and things like that. So um, pretty good news for those people anyway. Some people in Nevada, I'm sure, are excited. Uh, you and I, who would like to push innovation in the Nevada right. market, are probably not as excited because uh, we would like to see some outside pressure on the Nevada mm-hmm. market to modernize. But no, if you operate a, a sports book in Nevada, you probably feel pretty good about this news overall. And, you know, we, we discussed plenty about the California market and its impact in Nevada. And Matt, I mean, you only need to go back to a conversation you and I had earlier this week about a 26 mile backup driving home yeah. on Memorial Day weekend from Las Vegas to California to know that the impact that the market can have. So even if it's a small margin business in sports betting, it's one more piece of something that Las Vegas can say we have in California doesn't. So let's head up to our friends up north here, Adam, and uh, get the latest of what's going on up there in Canada. So. Sports betting in Canada, as much as it looks like a sure thing for the last few months, probably needs to, you know, uh, as my high school basketball coach would say, hustle up a little bit. Uh, So we need to see what's happening with Canada now that the bill has had a second reading in the Senate, has been bounced to committee. It'll go through uh, that committee. It eventually will need to be voted on again. The problem that we're seeing with Canada is the fact that their legislature ends in June. And then they're going to be gearing up for elections. And essentially, you're going to run into a similar problem that you run into in the States in many places in which sports betting just isn't that important. Uh, It's something that is a minor issue in the grand scheme of things. Uh, So it's just going to be a matter of timing. We did have one senator, uh, Kevin Waugh, who's a sponsor of the C-218, the bill that is advancing, say he thought it was a 50-50 chance. Uh, Our John Holden reporting uh, from a Canadian press article that there are other senators who believe that it's better than 50-50, but it's mostly a matter of keeping the gears turning on this. Dustin, we uh, we've been following the Illinois thing. We know that Illinois was at first we were like, oh, come on with the way that this was with the way that the law was passed. And then, of course, with with COVID setting in, we were able to go, oh, OK, so maybe cooler heads will prevail here and then everything will work out. Then, of course, that kind of uh, took a backseat here over the last month and a half as well. Then we're back to where we were and when we started all this. Uh, some more news now coming out of Illinois. I'd, I'd like to, to do this whole segment with just my face covered, face palming. This is, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, there's been a lot of bad policy had here in the United States around sports betting. This might be one of the dumbest ones I think we've seen. So Illinois has had, a, 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 in this law, you can't bet on in-state college teams, which we already have talked about at, at, at length in this, on this podcast and elsewhere. This is not good policy. It just sends everything offshore anyway. So here's the fix. Now you can bet on colleges but you have to go to a retail sports book to do it tell me tell me how dumb that sounds like uh i mean there's here's the problems with that you're so the, uh, you're saying i guess you're saying oh i know who the person is by 
by making them come to the retail sports book. You look at them, you get their their cash, you look at it, like it's all quote unquote above board. This implies somehow that you're not doing good enough KYC on your online sports betting apps and that there's some problem with online sports betting that you have to do it at a retail establishment, which is, you know, again, you're, you, you, we always talk about this. You've, you're passing online sports betting to regulate it and legalize it to make it better, to make it more transparent. You know, this is not this is not do any of those things. All, it, yes, it opens up a little bit of betting on in-state that you know, maybe somebody goes into a retail sports book now that would bet offshore. Highly unlikely, I guess. Maybe a few people here and there, but you're implying that there's something wrong. That's what that's what the whole entire mm-hmm. you know policy measure of of dealing with in uh, you know in-state college betting and not allowing it. You're saying there's something wrong with sports betting that you need to stop this from happening. When in reality, it should be the opposite. You should be encouraging it taking it off the black market where it's going to exist no matter what, what Illinois or any other state does. So this is frustrating to me. Uh, you know, I guess, I guess it's sort of a better policy, but it also implies that their sport, that, that sports betting online is not secure or somehow not good enough. And that retail sports betting is somehow more transparent and better. That's not the case. And that's not, you know, it's just not good policy. What Illinois is doing. Adam, we could sit here and just pick this whole this whole train of thought apart for probably the next hour if we wanted to. But I mean, just to hit all the quick bullet points for one, you're absolutely you are absolutely no more likely or less likely to have a college athlete approached or tried to be manipulated or anything, whether that person is within your state or somewhere else. It does not matter where the person is. If somebody if if that is the worry here that you're worried about, that there's going to be some sort of manipulation going on or something like that, it is just as likely to happen in any other state, in any other game than happens right inside of your state. If someone is going to go to that length to get something done, then they will go to whatever length it takes to get that humanly possible. As Dustin just mentioned, you're also basically underlying implying that like, oh, we can't be trusted to have, you know, people around these kids and things like that. Well, if that's the case, then you probably shouldn't allow college sports at all if that's as opposed to just just in-state stuff. I mean, you literally could sit here and just one after the other, after the other, after the other, see why these like in-state college policies are so ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it it does nothing to reduce the danger. And I think the one thing I would add specifically about this Illinois law is um, tell me that you could walk into one of these casinos, which are largely located uh, well outside the populated areas. Tell me that whatever $20 an hour ticket writer is behind the counter could identify who should or shouldn't be placing a bet on college sports. Seriously, nobody knows, right? It's not like a runner has a look. It's not like someone who shouldn't be there is easily identifiable. Secondly, if during the second half of 2021, when the uh, I should say during the second half of 2020, uh, when the rules were suspended for COVID, um, if during that time you signed up for a sports betting account and now you're hearing, well, you can bet on sports for you can bet on in-state colleges. You just have to go to a casino. You, why did I sign up for an account? Like, what, what's the point? What's the point of giving me this account that I already have and then saying, well, no, 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 you can bet on these sports on your phone, but on yeah. these sports, you have to go to a casino. It makes no sense. And finally, to put a bow on all this, let's just go ahead and go with 
you're also just costing yourself a bunch of money here because at the end of the day, we know that the casual better is more likely to throw $10. They're not big betters anyway, to throw $10 on the home team because they're going to be watching the home team as it is anyway play. They went to, you know, Rutgers. And if they were talking about New Jersey, or they went to one of the schools in Illinois, whatever it might be. I mean, we know how this works, right? You want a little skin in the game. You're going to be going anyway. You're sitting in there. You're making your wager. There's nothing nefarious going on. And all you're doing is just costing yourself money. Cause as, as Dustin mentioned, if, 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 if they really, really, really want to bet on the team, then they're going to go elsewhere to find a way to do it. Or they just don't do it at all. And you're costing yourself your $20, your $20 here and there all over the place. And And so again, it's just not just so many holes in this. Yeah. And it's not even just the direct ROI. It's, you know, some people who just like college sports more, right? Are you going to engage with a sports book product more if you have, if you can bet on your favorite team or a local team, like that's just, you're, 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 you're just limiting your customer because like, Oh, I like I, my favorite thing to watch and bet on is college sports. And now I, I can't do that. I have to go to the retail sports book. So beyond even just, yeah, the approximate money that you make from that or, you know, the handle and everything else, like you just, you're just missing an opportunity to engage with a lot of fans who this might be the thing that they engage with. And then it you know, converts them into somebody who, you know, puts a bet on mm-hmm. any other sport that's going on. You're just, you're just limiting everything in Illinois. And you know, we, we obviously still have the in-person registration requirement now back in, back in place in Illinois for, for a while. It doesn't have, we're still a ways away. It's just, you know, if you're, I don't know, it's, it continues to be yeah. Illinois. If you want to own a model of what not to do, like you just right. follow Illinois, just don't, do it, do the opposite of Illinois. You might be <laughs> Adam, um, we uh, we talked about Tennessee and, you know, listen, for the most part, a lot has gone right across the rollout as we continue to add sports betting across the country as new states come on board. Uh, There was a little bit of weirdness in Tennessee. We also talked about how the fact that Tennessee was one of the rare states out there that didn't have any form of gambling, you know, before this outside of, you know, lottery and whatnot, but didn't have any sort of casino gambling at all. So didn't have anybody in place to that would naturally kind of come in and fit to run the sports betting side of things over there. And so, um, you know, I think they are now deciding who actually should run this thing. Lots of things have actually gone right in Tennessee. It's just that the things that have gone wrong in Tennessee are so egregious that it's hard to look at the things that have gone right in Tennessee. I mean, this state over its first few months took in more money than any other state over a first few months of a sports betting launch. They have shown an appetite and obviously the sports books have shown the functionality in order to meet that demand. Uh, what you did see in terms of the weirdness was the local sports book action 24 uh, seven being suspended for a period of time. And that was over allegations of credit card fraud and money laundering that actually looked to be pretty well proven. And then you also had the regulator for Tennessee sports betting, the Tennessee education lottery, uh, screwing up the process so badly that it ended up having to vacate the suspension as ordered by a court. Uh, So now there was a bill working its way through the Tennessee legislature that has passed that is now going to go into effect in which the Tennessee education lottery, the regulator for sports betting in the state, not the only lottery regulating sports betting throughout the country, has essentially said, we don't want to do this anymore. Uh, And they've handed off control to what's known as a sports wagering advisory committee. Now, in theory, that doesn't sound so bad, right? You you give it to an advisory committee. Here's the problem, as we've looked into, um, you know, in our in our uh, sister sites from Legal Sports Report, uh, 
this committee has no expertise in sports betting, no expertise in gaming. Uh, there are people on this board who have never done anything with relation to the industry. So there's no guarantee that this gets any better. Uh, it, all you have is a new regulator and a lottery that really never wanted any part of this stepping its way out. Uh, so it's kind of a miracle in some ways that Tennessee has gone as well as it has because the regulatory side of things has been a circus. And Dustin, it's worth saying, we talked about this on a previous pod as well, but probably this is as good a time as any to bring it back up, rehash it. We're getting new listeners, thousands of them every single week. So we need to, you know, bring up some of the stuff that we've talked about before. But, you know, again, this also kind of goes back to the fact that at the end of the day with sports betting, we are still, it seems like it's been around a long time because we live in the bubble. It's still in the infancy here. And as far as talented people within this industry who know it and know it inside and out and understand how to do things and and get the regulatory side of all that and whatever those people are few and far between they don't exist all over the place because i mean now you know five years from now ten years from now there should be a lot of people with with ample experience and could come in and do things and handle things right and 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 have you know have the understanding of the industry to be able to make logical choices and decisions but you know those people right now don't really exist at least here in the united States. Of course, you know, you could go start plucking people from over in Europe, but then I don't think people really want to be doing that either. So we're just in this kind of growth phase right now in a lot of these states where, you know, the the talent is just going to have to kind of be homegrown. Yeah. And, you know, Tennessee had to invent the wheel to some extent, didn't have a gaming commission trying to run it through the lottery. Uh, you know, there's there's things going all, all, all against it from from that standpoint is that, you know, the states where there's an existing gaming regulatory uh, framework, like it's it's not that hard to bolt on sports betting. You know, you need some expertise. You need to do some learning. You need to get some people in to deal with it. But you know, they're, we're, they, you know, Tennessee did some of that. But you're also still running. You're still running it through the lottery and trying to create an open market. And we've seen that succeed some places, but it's but it just didn't happen. At least from you know enforcing the regulation standpoint, and uh, you know, it wasn't ideal. And how again, you just didn't have a good starting point in Tennessee from you know, writing the law and trying to you know have it. Fall. A state that didn't have any kind of casino gaming or sports betting before, just going straight into online betting. It was, you know, it's not a, it's a bit of a recipe for disaster in terms of being able to regulate. So maybe not a state that would have jumped off the page to most people as a place to look for what to do whenever you start to launch sports betting. But here in about a week, we do have the state of Wyoming that is going to be kind of finalizing their rules for sports betting and, and Dustin, uh, things look, things look fairly good with it there in Wyoming. Yeah. I mean, it's, they're doing things right again. They're moving quickly. They are, you know, involving stakeholders in this rulemaking process, including some of the folks who would like to be in the, the Wyoming market. Uh, it's an online only, uh, market where you can you know, have people who will be applying to get those licenses. You know, I think obviously the big, the big hitters in the space that we always name, those will be the people that will likely be in the front of the line to get that. Um, five up to five licenses where, you know, I think, you know, that's probably about right size. You don't certainly don't need a dozen or 20 sports books for the size of, of Wyoming, nor would everybody right. try to for it. So, um, you know, doing things right and look, looking like they're going to be, you know, if everything continues to progress and they hit their deadlines and, you know, these rules come out and everything is going well, you know, they're looking at NFL season. You know, we often hear people say NFL season by default. It looks like Wyoming actually has a chance to to meet that. And uh, yeah, it's you know, it's it's an interesting one to see how how it works and if, you know, Wyoming again a small state that doesn't have a huge history of all of this, but if they do this right, I think 
it'll be interesting to see how Wyoming develops by letting you know a fairly competitive market for the size of the state and uh, see what they do with an online market. Adam, take us home with uh, rapid fire here of the rest of the states that have a little bit of news nuggets this week. Well, like any good Northeasterner, I like to start my summer in Maine, and that's where we'll <laughs> go, where Maine appears to be giving this another shot with sports betting. They had multiple bills that they were trying to uh, pare down to which one was going to be the vehicle that's going to go through. Uh, Lucchini, once again, is going to be the guy who uh, who carries it on this one. The question in Maine is going to be, are we tethering the licenses to casinos or not? And that's really what's left to determine here. Um, you know, it, it's the usual fight over, you know, what you uh, what you would think would happen, where there are the operators who would be very happy for it to be untethered. And then there are the casinos who would love to have it be tied to them. Uh, of course, last year we went through the process of Governor Janet Mills vetoing uh, a bill that had passed the legislature for mobile sports betting. Uh, the reasoning she gave out was bizarre, but I would assume we probably wouldn't be doing this again without some consultation with the governor's office, considering Mills is still in office. Uh, Maine, I would say, is probably a 50-50 shot uh, at this point based on what we've seen. Uh, slightly down the coast in Massachusetts, why can't Massachusetts make anything easy? Uh, they can't seem to, to simplify this process. The home of DraftKings, they can't seem to get anything done. Uh, it is left out of the state budget is sports betting this year. That doesn't mean that it doesn't get done, but much like mm -hmm. we saw in New York over the years, it's a lot harder to push a standalone bill than it is to have it tied into the state budget. So it was left out of the budget. Uh, remember that we've reported previously, there are as many as 24 sports betting bills that have been submitted uh, in Massachusetts, and it's going to be uh, a process, we'll say, to to narrow those down. Now, the legislative session for Massachusetts is one of those long ones that just goes on and on and on. And so uh, we could see this in some way clear itself up by the end of the year. We're waiting. We'll find out. We're not 100 percent sure, but we'll see. Um, Nebraska has legalized sports betting retail only. Uh, that industry will uh, still be in the process of putting itself together here over the next few months. Um, again, don't expect much uh, when it comes to that. It's in person only. There's not really a lot of demand for mobile at this point. And uh, I also recommend uh, going to LegalSportsReport.com, checking out an article from our John Holden that's up there right now talking about the legal questions in Florida. It's a good dive into some of the case law that could end up guiding whether or not uh, the rules around tribal gaming uh, demand that bets that bets are placed on a server or bets are placed on a phone. I'm doing a very, very ineloquent job of describing it. John does it much better. Go read the article. And that is why at the end of every podcast, we say everything that we talk about here on the podcast can be found over at LegalSportsReport.com. So go in, read the words, get all of the details from all the talented team over there and make sure that you have a full understanding of everything that's going on with this. And of course, as always, we are on your favorite podcasting platform. So be that Apple, Spotify, Stitcher or Google. If you want to go in, subscribe, rate and review, we do appreciate that. Helps us climb the charts, help more people find this thing and, uh, you know, give more people the good word on what's going on in this crazy gambling industry of ours. You should also go in, follow Adam on the Twitter at Adam Candy. That is two E's, no Y, and at Dustin Galker as well. Definitely follow those guys. They're keeping you in the know with the stuff that's going on around the industry as well. For Adam, for Dustin, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week.
are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.